you are looking for a happy place, you have found it. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings wherever you are in the world, however you may be tuning in. We are thrilled to have you here. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, for the podcast dedicated to bringing you closer to your peak happiness through powerful positive psychology, relatable stories and insights, and a little bit of fun along the way as well. As happy as we are to have you here, we're just that happy to have our partners with us. Live Happy Magazine, available on newsstands wherever fine magazines are sold. And, of course, our digital editions available for you in the iTunes Store as well as Google Play. And you can find us at livehappynow.com. Our other partner, of course, is Life Reimagined. They've got all kinds of processes and resources for you on their website because as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to lifereimagined.org slash happy. And you can find out. Today's guest is Sarah Oliveri. She uh, coaches people to live happier lives, to operate happier organizations as well. She's a life coach and speaker. She's based out of Washington, D.C., and one of fewer than 300 people in the world to earn a master's degree in positive psychology. And in this episode, she and I are going to talk about effective tools to create a more meaningful or fulfilling life and how to identify your personal core values to help you achieve authentic happiness. Well, Sarah, we are so glad to have you here to talk about uh, a variety of things. But I want to know from you, because we get this question a lot here at Live Happy, because I think a lot of people are almost intimidated by the, the name Live Happy. What is your definition of happiness? It's not all sunshine and rainbows, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great question. My personal definition of happiness is a feeling of wholeness and deep fulfillment with one's life. Um, Hmm. And, you know, as you can kind of hear in that definition, that definitely includes experiencing sadness and grief and disappointment um, and the full spectrum of the sort of more challenging emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not, I I think that's what a lot of people, when they kind of try to get into this and they try to have the goal of increasing their happiness, if you will, they do get intimidated by that because really it's not about eliminating the negative emotions. It's about handling them in a positive way, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I mean, for me, right, I'm a life coach. That's that's what I do for a living. I have my master's degree in positive psychology. So far, it seems like there is not really a standard definition of happiness. Um, And my definition of happiness is based on what I have come to believe that people really mean when they say that they want to be happy Mm -hmm. and that they want to live a happy life. Um, And the sort of ingredients that ultimately create a happy life. Um, and you know, the people who ultimately report that they have really happy lives are, are people who experience plenty of challenges and plenty of difficult emotions. They're not people who are sort of happy go lucky and oblivious, you know, to the things that are going on around them. Yeah, not the Pollyanna types is what you're, what you're kind of saying there, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So you mentioned you're a life coach. What, what does that all entail? What do you do for folks uh, who use your services? 
my idea about life in general is that life is filled with opportunities to experience meaning and fulfillment. You know, it's just like chock full of opportunities Mm -hmm. for human beings to feel meaning and to feel fulfilled. And my understanding of what life coaching is, is that life coaching helps people to tap into those opportunities for meaning and fulfillment more often and more deeply. And so that's what, that's what I do as a life coach is to help people create more meaningful and fulfilling lives, tap into the opportunities that are already there more deeply and frequently. We talk with a lot of people on this podcast and purpose and meaning is something that comes up, if not every uh, conversation that we have, almost every other, I would say. What are Mm -hmm. some of the tools that you found that can help people sort of find this meaning or this purpose and then and thus lead the more fulfilling life? Yeah, that's a great question, Jr. Um, I think so. So here's what I see. The number one problem that causes people to not notice or experience all of these opportunities for meaning and fulfillment is that we are seeking meaning and fulfillment based on somebody else's criteria, based on somebody else's values. And so most of us are living our lives in a way that, it's how we've learned to live our lives, right? Like right. we're seeking all of these things um, without ever having really given it any deep thought whether or not these things that we're seeking are the things that we personally find most valuable. So the number one thing that I do with my clients and with myself is to start getting people thinking about what is most important and essential and sacred and valuable to them personally, regardless of what society says, regardless of what their mom says um, about that, you know, and then getting really clear on that. So, you know, so for me, that, that means ultimately identifying a list of core values or even, even a step further, identifying a personal mission statement, um, which really, helps us to have a specific plan, sort of a specific outline for us to follow so that we can remember what matters to us and live our lives according to that as opposed to living our lives according to the constant input that we receive about how we're supposed to be living our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, as I think about it, and I, and I don't want to want you to have to give away all your secrets and, and put you out of business no, or no, anything. I'm happy to. I'm but happy to. but <laughs> as people do that and they sit down and think about it, how long does it sometimes take to get people to really dig in and figure out what really matters to them? Because I can imagine that a lot of the times when they're really writing down originally, it's still the superficial right. stuff that other people tell them is important. What what processes do right. people have to go? through to really find what matters to them. Right. Yeah. You know, I think it's different for everyone. It depends on how many conversations they've already had with themselves about these things and how much it's already occurred to them that the way that they're living their lives may or may not be aligned with what most matters to them. 
you know, so it takes some people, some people, you know, in terms of the coaching, some people will come in and really be able to connect with their core values and their mission statement very quickly. Um, and then, but I would say most people, it's a much more difficult process of trying to let go of some of the, some of the values that have been learned from society or home or religion or, you know, wherever we learn values, not necessarily a bad thing, but learned values um, that have become a major part of our identity, right? And then those are, it's really difficult to overcome these things that have become a part of our identity, but that aren't necessarily things that we find deeply, deeply important. Um, so there's a couple of exercises that I really love doing with people. A friend of mine, actually, his name is Elliot Rosenbaum, and he wrote a book called The Valued Self. Um, and he's, he's actually looking at it in terms of self-esteem and how our self-esteem suffers because we are measuring ourselves on all of these external values. Right. And then mm -hmm. it becomes really hard to to constantly meet these values. Um, and he talks about a thing called a current self-evaluation system. So, in other words, all of the ways in which we are currently evaluating how well we're doing. So the things that make us feel good about ourselves, the things that make us feel bad about ourselves. Um, and I generally use these tools more so to help people tap into meaning and fulfillment, not so much the self-esteem part. Mm -hmm. um, but something that I love to do and that I find very powerful to help people start understanding their core values, not on a superficial level, as you mentioned, is to ask them a series of questions that help them to uncover their current self-evaluation system. So questions would include things like, tell me about a time when you felt inferior, okay? Mm -hmm. um, tell me about a time when you felt really successful or winning, right? Um, what are the things that you would be most upset to hear other people say about you? Um, what are the things that you would like other people to say about you, right? So these questions start to start to get at how we are currently evaluating ourselves. And as I ask those questions, I basically create a big, long list. Our current self-evaluation system is usually very long. You know, you can imagine all these little evaluations that we make on a daily basis. These lists are, these are laundry lists, right? Like it's usually up to 100 different words, things like attractiveness, professional success, kindness, likability, friendship, you know, mm -hmm. um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so then once we've gathered up that list of all the things that are currently going into how we feel about ourselves and how we make our decisions, then we'll take a look at this list and say, okay, what's on this list that you think can do nothing but add to meaning and fulfillment in your life? You mentioned that you don't. You kind of use the, the self evaluation uh, more towards meaningfulness and 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 uh, purpose and so on, uh, and not necessarily with the self esteem. But do you find that as people f figure out what what means the most to them or what they think is their purpose in life, that the self esteem would naturally go up as they they strive to meet those purposes? You know, I struggle a little bit because there's all of these different words being tossed around in the psych in the psychology realm. 
um, that sort of mean the same thing, but mean different things. So there's mm-hmm. self-confidence, there's self-efficacy, there's self-love, there's self-worth, there's self-esteem. Um, and for me, what I would really like, and this was sort of what I was gonna, what I was gonna share as the, the second step, um, what I would really like is for people to stop evaluating themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we have been programmed to basically turn our life into one big game of assessing how we are doing in life, right? So we give ourselves points for certain things. We take away points for certain things. Sure. Um, and so, so, so for me personally and my coaching Yes, of course. Your your the feeling of self esteem will absolutely rise as you start to revolve the you know the way that you're living your life and potentially quote unquote assessing yourself around things that are that are deeply important to you. Um, but more importantly to me, when you revolve your life around those values that you find deeply important, the level of meaning and fulfillment in your life will increase and and because of that you will feel comfortable with yourself you will you will feel like yourself um and it's it's not to me it's not so much about increasing your self-esteem but increasing the level of meaning and fulfillment in your life and sort of liberating yourself from the process of having to constantly evaluate how poorly or how well you're doing at living. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's there's so many people, and I, and I see it with some of my friends, especially younger friends, that will take uh, these status symbols, right, whether they're relationships yeah, or, or, or an income level or a, a level at a job. And if they're not there by the time they reach 23, 24, 25, they feel like they're failing. And I'm sitting here right. a few years older than that going, no, you're just not, it's not there yet. Do you, do you, is, is that something that kind of correlates with what you're saying? Yeah. So, so you're saying, you're saying that you see some younger people and they feel like they're failing if they haven't achieved a certain level by a certain age. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I talked about this current self-evaluation system, right? So if I was talking to someone and they share that with me, what I would write down as one of the criteria on their current self-evaluation system would be professional success. And then I would also write rate of accomplishment or like rate of achievement, right? And mm-hmm. so so what I, was, what I was sort of sharing before is that once we finish this long list of the current self-evaluation system, we think about, okay, what's on this list? that will only add value to my life if I continue to assess myself on this thing, right? Or revolve my life around pursuing this value, most importantly. Um, But then we also ask ourselves, okay, what's on this list that is really kind of crap? And (laughs) if I continue to revolve my life around pursuing this value, it could really detract from my ability to live a meaningful and fulfilling life. And it becomes quite clear to people, especially with something like rate of achievement, um, that that's kind of crap, you know, mm-hmm. that evaluating ourselves on how quickly we're meeting, we're meeting certain goals for ourselves or how quickly we are, you know, 
achieving these certain milestones in our life that it's not, it, that's nobody's core value. You know, everybody can sort of see that assessing yourself on that is not going to increase meaning and fulfillment. Um, so it's really nice to, to sort of bring those things to light and then figure out, okay, well, maybe, though, there is a core value behind that. You know, like maybe that person's core value is, is challenging themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they can start to assess how they feel about their lives. And I, I actually don't even want to use that word assess. They can start to make their decisions and find meaning and fulfillment um, based on how much they are challenging themselves, not on the result of challenging themselves or how quickly challenging themselves yields the result they might have been hoping for. Interesting. We're talking with uh, Sarah Oliveri here on Live Happy Now. We've talked about doing the, the, the assessment and figuring out what your, your uh, core values are and your mission statement and so on. After you do that, after you've found that and you've kind of eliminated some of the things that aren't necessarily going to lead you to a more meaningful and fulfilling life, what sort of actions would you recommend for people as they, as they make their way through this journey? Well, then it's, then, then it becomes life's work, right? So yeah. it's like the actions are sort of limitless. But what I usually do is once people have identified their core values, and I always hope that, that the list is sort of as short as possible because once people really get down to it, um, the list just becomes shorter and shorter. And I find that the people who are sort of most attuned with what is is important and essential to them, they might have like two or three core values. Um, And so from there, what we'll do is to figure out your personal definition of these values um, and then figure out how much you feel like you are currently living into these values. Um, Hmm. And if they are indeed your core values, the things that that are most important to you, and this goes back to your question about, you know, how long does it take for people to truly get clear on the core core values as opposed to sort of a more superficial thing that they might mistake for a core value at first. If if our core values have been accurately identified um, and we feel like we're living fully into them, then we should report that we are thriving. Hmm. You know, we should feel really good about our lives. And if we don't, then there's probably been, we probably need to explore further this concept of what are your core values, what's really important to you, what is your mission. Um, and so, so, so you ask, what are the steps? So the first step is, okay, whittle down that list of core values, figure out how you define those values, and then think about how much you feel like you're already living into those values. And then I always ask people to sort of rate themselves on a scale of one to 10, one being not at all, 10 being completely fulfilled. Um, how much do you feel like you're currently living into this value? Um, mm. And then, you know, people will give me a number and then I'll ask them, okay, what would make it a 10? Okay. And then people will almost always be able to identify things. And then once you've identified what would make it a 10, then those become the next steps. Excellent. 
Now, you obviously are working with a lot of people up close, and, and, and they've, they're able to, to use your services or the services of, of other folks who, who have chosen that profession. Are these things that people can do or, or processes that people can go through even if they don't have access to a life coach? Sure. Yeah, I would say absolutely yes. Um, however, I would say that it is exceedingly difficult to achieve this thing that I think you, you know, you hit the nail on the head right away. You immediately realize that this would be a challenge for people. It's really hard for us on our own, thinking about this inside of our own head to tease apart the things that are external or learned values, the things that we've sort of adopted from around us um, and not count those or identify those as core values um, as opposed to, you know, figuring out the things that may be a major part of our identity and our current lifestyle and way of living and say, but you know what, those really aren't for me. Those really aren't what I find most deeply important and throw those away and create a new list of core values. So the thing that really helps about working with a coach is that it allows you to talk through the process out loud. It allows someone to ask you those questions that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. and it allows you to give honest answers and have someone sort of feedback those answers to you so that you can, you can see yourself. Um, It's very hard to see yourself, right? If you don't have a mirror in front of you and the coach serves as a mirror and I will say that, you know, almost every time I do this exercise with people, when they first come back with the list of core values, it includes things that they ultimately end up putting on their crap list. <laughs> so, so that's the risk of doing it on your own is that you may say, oh, this is a core value. And actually that thing is really detracting from meaning and fulfillment in your life. It's just a big part of your identity. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely helpful in any situation, whether it's, you know, trying to trying to find meaning and fulfillment or or what have you to have someone at least to to bounce those ideas off of and, and give you a, a more critical look or maybe not the word, but at least give you another angle uh, to look at things from. I, I think that's absolutely beneficial. Uh, Sarah Oliveri, we are so grateful that you were able to take some more time out to talk with us about all of this. Uh, if folks want more information on uh, life coaching or things that, uh, that you might suggest to them, where can they go for information? They can visit my website, which is just my name, Sarah Oliveri, S-A-R-A-O-L-I-V-E-R-I dot com. I am on Facebook as Sarah Oliveri Coaching, and folks are welcome to email me. Um, my email address is Sarah at SarahOliveri dot com. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to talking with you more in the future, and uh, hopefully by that time we'll uh, we'll be living in a happier world. You never know, right? absolutely thank you so much jr thank you very grateful that sarah was able to join us and we are very grateful that you were able to join us we'd like to offer you a free sketch note of this episode and livehappynow.com. And while you're online, we'd like to hear from you. Was there anything you took away from our conversation with Sarah Oliveri? Well, if so, you can let us know by going to Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, on Instagram by searching mylivehappy, or you can email us podcast at 
livehappy.com. We would love to hear from you if there were any takeaways from this or if you've heard something that you would like to expand upon in a future episode. We would love to hear about it. For Sarah Oliveri, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long. Thank you, and remember to always live happy.